Welcome, everyone, to the Spoonful of Sugar podcast, which is brought to you in partnership with Farmerica. Backed by popular demand, today's program will address working smarter, not longer. This session will help your organization overcome staff vacancies by improving operational efficiency. I'm John O'Connor from McKnight's. With me is my co-host, TJ Griffin, who is the Senior Vice President of Long-Term Care Operations and the Chief Pharmacy Officer for Farmerica. Now, we're going to be tackling a serious subject, but we hope to maybe have a laugh or two along the way. For as the saying goes, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. TJ, we have a lot of ground to cover in the next 20 minutes or so. It seems like everywhere you go, staffing is job one and job two and job three. John, it sure is. Staffing shortages and high turnover rates have existed for decades. But since the onset of the pandemic, our situation's gotten worse. Nationwide, our skilled nursing facilities are down more than 240,000 employees since the start of COVID, and nearly 30% of all nursing facilities are reporting at least one weekly staffing shortage in March of 2022. Those are some staggering numbers. Now, fortunately, we have two special guests from Covenant Living Communities and Services who are in a unique position to help here. Cheryl White is the Vice President of Health Services, while Tina Johannesson is CLC's National Director of Human Resources. We'll be hearing from both of them in a moment. Well, we've got a full plate today, John. Among the topics our guests are going to address are streamlining workflows and optimizing processes, systematic and consistent use of operating protocols, training and development to boost capabilities and versatility, and support that can ease staff burdens like feedback, variety, and growth. Because when employees are satisfied, work is completed faster and with better results. I think these are all challenges our listeners will be interested in. Now, before we jump into the main event, Cheryl and Tina, can you please tell us a bit about yourselves and how you came to CLC? Well, I'm Cheryl White, and I'm the Vice President of Healthcare at Covenant Living. I have a pretty long history in nursing. Um, I'm, I'm not going to tell you how many years, John and TJ, it might, you might be shocked, <laughs> but I've been in the senior living for, for the last 20 years. And, and at my previous, I was a, a Vice President of Healthcare, but I came to Covenant Living, and, and the thing that kind of hooked me in is their motto, which is inspired to serve. Um, we are a faith-based organization. To me, that struck at my heartstrings. I, I've always lived by the motto that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so that's what drove me to consider and come to Covenant Living was really that that inspiration. They're in it for the right reasons, and we're here to take care of seniors. And I'm Tina Johannesson. I'm the National Director of Human Resources at Covenant Living Communities and Services. And I've been with Covenant Living for approaching five years now. I've been in HR for approximately 20 years. And my background is actually primarily in manufacturing and distribution. So coming over to Covenant Living was an industry shift for me, making the move into a senior living and healthcare organization. And similar to Cheryl, I was attracted to Covenant Living because of the passion of the people who work in this industry and their compassion for caring for our residents was truly inspiring. So glad to have joined the team and made a complete industry shift into a a new world for me. Well, thank you both. And we're thrilled to have you with us today. Uh, TJ, should we jump into the main event? Oh, I, absolutely. I think we should get started. And Inspire to Serve is such a great, a great motto. And I'm inspired to have you both with us today to talk about this important subject. And 
We're hearing more and more these days about the power of systems and partnerships to do so many good things, such as reducing inefficiencies, improving outcomes, and so much more. And Tina, coming from a manufacturing background, that is just an interesting way and a big shift into a whole new sector of our economy. Um, but your compassion to bring what you know about systems and partnerships, I think, is really probably really helping CLC. So can the both of you talk to us briefly about how those partnerships relate to how you do your everyday life? How do you work with your pharmacy partners, for instance? How, are, how do those systems and partnerships work with your pharmacy? So unlike Tina, I've only been here a little over a year at Covenant Living. But one of the things that I recognized really early on is what a great uh, pharmacy that we had and what a great partnership we had. So one of the systems that I really wanted to bring and that we had at Farm America was that e-prescribing system. Because when we're talking about staff shortages, we have to really streamline what we do to make it more efficient. So I think probably listeners may know what ePrescribe is, but it is a, a system where the physician can direct input orders. It goes straight to the pharmacy, then the nurse reviews them, and then the ph- medicine is delivered to your community. That takes out a whole lot of middlemen. It takes a lot of work hours out, and it's been very successful for us. We have been in the process for the last year of converting all of our communities to e-prescribe. Our, our physicians have embraced it, our pharmacy partners have embraced it, and our communities have embraced it. So I think that's a great example of a system that we have put in place in the last year that we've really had a positive outcome and seen a decrease in the workload for our frontline nurses. And Cheryl, I will just tell you, you are two years ahead of the game on that. E-prescribing is going to be mandatory by CMS on January 1st of 2025. So uh, physicians in all parts of our industry who haven't embraced it are going to have to work through and, and really work with their pharmacy partners on how we're going to put this process into our entire industry. So you're two years ahead of the game and and you've recognized early on how much that process can really streamline, you know, one of the biggest headaches that you can have, which is those narcotic prescriptions in particular. So it sounds like you've embraced it for, for all your scripts. So uh, kudos to you. Well, we focused on skilled nursing. So hopefully, so my goal in the next year is to focus on our assisted living. Uh, so I think there's just, it's an eye opener for people who aren't using e-prescribe. I would absolutely recommend that be a system that you embrace. And, and the best part of it is they're going to take the system and make it even better between now and 2025 by, by creating the triangle of communication so that it doesn't go just from the physician to the pharmacy, the physician will be able to actually choose your nursing center at the same time that he or she chooses the pharmacy. So you'll get an equal EPCS is what they call it, transmission, both to the pharmacy and to the facility, and you won't have to rely on the, you know, sometimes when when the doctor calls into the facility, the directions may be just a smidge different than maybe what he or she punched into the eScribe system. And so this will stop all those mismatches. So. It's going to be a really cool way that uh, we're moving down the pike on this. So kudos to you. And I can chime in as well on the partnerships, thinking about both internal partners within the organization from other functional disciplines, but also those external partners that we might work with. Staffing was mentioned at the beginning of the session as a major issue, and we've partnered both internally with our digital marketing team to come up with some creative branding and some geofencing techniques and 
use of technology that allows us to expand our reach into a broader candidate pool. And additionally, working with those external partners, such as Glassdoor and Indeed, again, to reach broader audiences for staffing and also embrace the technology of today's current modern workforce, you know, using things like social media platforms and mobile friendly applications. Tina, if I can ask a, a follow-up question on the geofencing. So how does that work with with recruiting? I, I mean, I understand geofencing from, uh, we have GPS trackers on our IV pumps, for instance, and if it goes outside that geofence, we know where that pump is going. How does a geofence work with staffing? That was very interesting. Yes. So we partner with our internal digital marketing team, and they have a lot of creative technology to allow us to zero in on where a certain candidate pool might be and how do we reach, especially those difficult to fill positions. So for example, if we're struggling with finding dishwashers for our dining services team, where do dishwashers go? Where do I find other dishwashers? What's the radius within our area and the volume of dishwashers that might be looking for jobs on social media platforms like Facebook. So creating the boundaries uh, and geofencing to find where those candidates are and doing specific targeted social media campaigns to reach them. And, you know, related to that, obviously, is the power of systems, uh, specifically utilization of tools such as uh, Relias Workday, OnShift, Power BI dashboards, and reporting to streamline process efficiencies. I was wondering if you could, you know, kind of walk us through these three in particular, starting with Relias. Well, Relias is our learning platform that we've adopted at Covenant Living. Um, I, a lot of people are familiar with Relias and they use it for in-service trainings, but I don't think they're all familiar with the full gamut of what we can uh, do in Relias. So in the last year, we put all of our nurse competencies in Relias and made it an automated training plan. So when I hire a new nurse or I hire an aide or I'm using an agency nurse, I can go into Relias and my team teams can select that training plan. And so those competencies naturally come and then they can checklist and check off their nurses to make sure that they're competent. competent. And then the other thing that we really like about the Relias plan is their state uh, regulatory compliance. So they have went through every state that we operate in and every state that anybody else operates in. And they have exactly what is required per that state to be regulatory compliant. So if I hire someone in Oklahoma, I pick the Oklahoma plan, and then I know they're going to get their uh, two hours of dementia training. They're going to get their uh, first aid, CPR, whatever they need in that particular state. So that's that's something that really has taken a lot of the thought not, not so much the thought, that's probably not the right word, but it's taken a lot that, that I have to make sure everybody's regulatory compliant because I know that Relias has already done that for me. And so that really does help my directors of educations and, and uh, with those automated learning plans. Great. And, and how about Workday? For Workday... I'd like to focus on two areas. One is self-service, meaning manager and employee self-service, and really allowing employees to access a tool such as Workday to make changes for their own personal records, and also managers to be able to use the system to make changes for their employees. So for example, taking the middleman out of a simple change like an address change. Now we have the technology where an employee can go into the system on their own and make that address change without having to involve human resources, for example. So it goes straight 
between the employee and the system. Similarly, we have things like pay stubs accessible to employees where they can print their own pay stub, taking payroll out of the process. We have our PTO requests that route through Workday and also open enrollment is fully automated in Workday through self-service. The second area is really using real-time data to make good business decisions based on that data. So for example, we have reports in Workday that we can run, such as your vaccination percentage for the COVID vaccine. We can check flu vaccine status. We can check how much hero pay we've paid in the last calendar year. We can get a quick look at all of our open job requisitions and all of the status of those job requisitions. So really just being able to move quickly using um, the system and the reporting options that are available in Workday. And something that's really exciting from my side that Tina probably doesn't even recognize is that when I have people that request time off, that gets pushed to me. So I don't have to, my supervisors don't have to search to find out that, that somebody wants a day off. It comes right to their email. We can go right to uh, work day and we can approve that request. And so it, it, it just has saved a ton of time for those nurse managers. I bet. And that's the one thing that obviously we need more of. And and if you could talk about OnShift, if you don't mind. So we recently made a, a really significant change uh, in the utilization of our OnShift. You know, OnShift is a scheduling program. But one of the things that we have done with our OnShift is we have uh, used it for our payroll-based journal, our PBJ process. So we needed a more efficient process to get that PBJ data to CMS. So we use our CareWatch system that is a conduit to the QIES system, and then we can put the information in on shift of the people that worked and of our staff. We can even add our agency hours into on shift. Then it goes to our care watch system. And then that system processes that PBJ data that's going to go to CMS. But here's what I like about it. It gives me an error message. So I get a report back at, at a community level that says, hey, Cheryl White, you don't have RNs. Uh, in the system for August 8th. And I can go back to that date and say, oh, I had a call up that day. I used an agency nurse. I need to key in my agency hours. So I think that that's the greatest thing about that whole system and how it works together. It helps keep us honest. It helps tell us where we have our errors. And then we can send clean data on into uh, CMS to get our PBJ data entered. Well, you know, what I'm hearing here is not only the power of partnerships, but the power of, of data and the power of making sure that data is available to you. How do you use some things like Power BI for dashboarding and uh, really giving you visibility into to really how everything is operating? We have, again, formed a great partnership with our internal um, IT partners in information technology. And internally, we've created some wonderful dashboards in the Power BI tool that give us real-time visibility into what's happening and also being able to look for trends. We have three key dashboards, one being an FTE dashboard, which can tell us in real-time things like your overtime hours, your agency spend 
and your payroll earnings, and then variance to the budget. And this is a great tool for both managers and human resources to be checking that daily to understand what happened yesterday, for example, what happened last week, where are you year to date? The second dashboard that I like to talk about is a retention dashboard where we track employee turnover. And that, again, helps us identify trends and allows us to drill into the data to really understand what's driving our turnover and be able to identify root cause and put together some action plans to resolve those particular issues that might be mentioned in exit interviews or drilling into certain groups that are harder to retain. And then the third key dashboard is our recruitment dashboard, which allows us to track our progress on staffing and filling open positions and our time to fill metrics. Can you expand upon time to fill metrics? So is that, why is that important to you? So the speed of hiring is critical for us because of this industry is extremely uh, fast moving. And when you have that turnover, there's other employees who have to pick up those shifts and when there's a vacancy, when there's a gap. So in order to reduce the burnout of our team members who remain with us, we do want to fill those positions very quickly and without having to go into overtime or agency spend to fill those gaps. So we do have a time to fill metric from the point a frontline hourly employee applies to Covenant Living to the time they start of 10 days. So we are able to track in the dashboard each stage in the process. So when a person applied, when did we contact them? When did they come for an interview? When did we make an offer? And then when did they start? And all of those steps should be within 10 days from the point of application for those frontline hourly positions, such as a CNA or a dining server. Wow, that's quite a, quite an operation, Tina. It's extremely impressive. You know, Cheryl, we were all we were talking earlier as well. You said that you have handheld devices that you're using in nursing for charting. Tell us a little bit about that. So we've just started this program. So we we're in a couple of our uh, communities. We're hoping to expand, but but uh, the thing about a handheld, we're a very technology driven uh, society, and so we recognize that this younger. Uh, I can say that now, guys, these, this younger uh, group of nurses and, and aides that we have, they're very, they're more technology, technology, see, I can't even say the word, they're more technology uh, savvy than we are, but they're very conscious about using that handheld, their phones and that. So what we have moved to is that we are having a handheld uh, device that they can record and monitor uh, all of their care that they're giving that will automatically flow into the medical records. And I think that there are two reasons. It's not just the technology. If they do it at the site and they do it immediately after it occurs, it's going to be more accurate documentation. And so what I'm driving for is efficiency, but also accuracy. And so I, I'm, I'm I'm excited about it. You know, in the past, we've used the touch screens that are on the wall. They're in like a, a common space area and you write everything down on a little scrap of paper and then you go over to your touch screen and you enter your data. And so what's really exciting about the handheld device is that's your scrap of paper. You've got it in your pocket. You pull it out. You put all your information in. Your nurse reviews it before it goes into the medical records and you're done. 
you walk away. Um, we are anticipating that it's going to save about 30% of our nursing documentation time for our, our nurses and our aides. And so um, more to come on that front. But I, I do feel that it is the wave of the future. Truly amazing stuff. You know, it wasn't that long ago when they used to talk about the nursing home field is is being high touch, but not high tech. And obviously that description no longer applies. I mean, some of these things that you just talked about are absolutely mind blowing. Kind of shifting gears a little bit. It it seems like preserving your facility's reputation is is more important than ever. And I was wondering if if maybe you could uh, also address uh, social media reviews, if you don't mind. Yes. So we do have, again, an external partnership with Glassdoor and Indeed, really monitoring our social media reviews from employees or former employees. And as you may have experienced, sometimes the negative reviews seem to dominate those kinds of sites, Glassdoor and Indeed, and you have a star rating as an employer. So we take our star rating as an employer on those key sites very seriously, and we do manage those reviews that are going into those platforms. We do see some negative reviews, as most companies do, uh, but we try to counteract those and balance those with soliciting positive reviews from staff who might not be thinking, hey, I could go onto these platforms and give my employer a great review. I love working here. I feel appreciated. I feel recognized. This is a great place to work. Those are the reviews that we really want to encourage being on the sites. So actively reaching out to your employees who are positive and excited to give a a positive review to the company, encourage that. Also, a recommendation would be to understand the policies for those platforms and check for uh, reviews that might not meet policy standards and request that those are um, reviewed under policy guidelines and also recommend responding to reviews that may be a negative review and making sure that those Uh, posters have the outlet to contact human resources directly with any concerns and really showing that we're actively managing those sites and actively managing the employer brand. So using the power of the social media reviews and improving the positive relationships, the fact that your facilities are really embracing technology and um, you're looking for that technologically savvy uh, millennial to fill some of these positions do you use that in your recruitment efforts? I mean, is that is the fact that you're so progressive, does that really help recruitment, do you think? I think it does because we are able to reach a broader audience with mobile-friendly tools, social media tools. We actually do also have a program called National Day of Hiring where we work with our external partners to push out essentially advertising for our hiring events. And we do see a lot of outreach on social media. So really seeing responses coming from those social media tools when we're pushing out and getting those responses, a lot of that feedback is coming from those social media advertisements. Great. I feel like we could talk about this for hours, but unfortunately, we're, we're just about out of time. Just as a sort of a final question, I'm wondering if you could address if there are any other additional inefficiencies that you think could be overcome. You know, I think that long-term care is playing a little bit of catch up with interfacing with people for with electronic medical records. You know, hospitals can can speak to each other. Uh, we we tend to have each have our own kind of electronic system. So I think that that's something as we roll 
further into the future, that that's an inefficiency that we're that we're going to have to address at some point. Uh, um, it's still difficult for a lot of labs sometimes to interface with our pharmacy partners. And so I think that that is an inefficiency that we still need to address. I think that our our pharmacy partners are doing a great job of interfacing with our lab, but, but we still have a lot of mom and pop labs or mom and pop places that, that just aren't as technology advanced as some other places. So I think that's one obstacle for us to overcome on the medical side. And then Tina on the workforce side. I will add in workforce planning as a potential area of opportunity, really thinking as an organization about strategically where you're going with your your workforce and what are the jobs of the future that are needed and how are we going to continue to attract that type of talent that will make us successful in the future state and then really gearing you know all of our employee related benefits and marketing and branding towards that workforce of the future so i think the planning piece and really understanding what the jobs are that we need and then going after those in terms of you know writing great job descriptions that describe the skills of the future that we're looking for i think it's an area of opportunity because at times long-term care can be reactive and filling vacancies as they open up rather than maybe taking a step back and thinking, do I really need to backfill this role in the same way? Or could I think about doing this somehow differently and maybe I need a different skill set in the future? This is really great stuff. Thank you both very much. And uh, Cheryl and Tina, we, we really sincerely want to thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Very good. So TJ, uh, here we are near Thanksgiving. Are, are you more of a dark meat or white meat guy or, or are you a vegan or something in between? I grew up on a farm. So, you know, I'm about as non-vegan as they come, I think. Uh, uh, I'm a white meat guy. I usually use a wine and butter sauce over the top of my turkey. I'm the turkey cooker in the family. So bring on that nice, mm-hmm. juicy uh, white meat. Yeah, it sounds sounds locale too on top of everything else, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm a white meat guy as well, uh, but to me, it's really more about the stuffing. I'm I'm just a stuffing fanatic, but uh, and I've got the body to prove it. Unfortunately, <laughs> me too, John. Me too. <laughs> so uh, finally, TJ, before we sign off, any parting thoughts? I want to touch on something that Cheryl said right at the end that I thought was so important, and that's about the future interoperability of how we all talk to each other within this healthcare ecosystem. And I think it is a a very, very prescient and important point. We talk about how we share those data data points and really help our our patients and our residents move through the system safely and effectively. And uh, I know that we'll all work together uh, to make sure that that, that that goes smoothly. Thanks, TJ. Very well said. Uh, And that's going to have to be the final word. Now, before we sign off, we want to give a special thanks to Pharmerica, whose generous support made this presentation possible. To learn more about ways Pharmerica can deliver world-class pharmacy services to your organization, we invite you to visit them online at www.pharmerica.com. Along with TJ Griffin, this is John O'Connor wishing you health and happiness. Thank you. Thank you.